Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Pick These Up. We have sad news. Junior didn't make it. Setting. Whoa! I got a great idea for the next segment. (coughs) Pick this up. Come on, let's do this. He will be missed. I'm, I hope for a speedy recovery. I hear that he's got some, you know, 19th century, like, uh, disease. He's got the consumption or some kind of, uh, I don't know, is it tuberculosis? I don't know. The doctors I think it's clear. the busyness disorder. Oh, oh, oh. Well, he's bedridden nonetheless. But he, we were hoping for a speedy recovery. He is young. He's, he's of good health otherwise, and he just he can fight this. Um, yeah. So uh, your prayers – any type of if you want to if you want to do a shout out and you know to junior we also go be, we'll maybe. make sure we we would uh, forward it to him right make sure that he gets it yeah okay. also follow us on instagram if you if you want us to junior to recover quickly <laughs> very good that that was that was not very well cloaked good job ruhan thank you yes uh, yes yeah you're making his illness. You're you're trying to capitalize on his illness. Is that what you're doing right now? Yeah, I guess it's this the busyness disorder. He's on his deathbed. We we did like the last rites and everything, and you're like, hey, if you wanna help him survive, why don't you go to Instagram? <laughs> well, Jesus. I get it's it's business, Mister Davis. It's business. You have to do what you I have understand. to do. There you go. That's the job of the producer. Yes, oh sir. God. Anyway. uh so okay uh ruhan how are you doing are you of good health yes i seem to be of good health it's it's getting relatively cold how about you i know you're dressed up like uh princess leia from empire strikes back (laughs) (laughs) i am with the with the headphones under the hoodie perfect resemblance uh, yeah you know when she or yeah i guess you know she loved to like uh put things up in like a side bun if you will, I guess uh-huh. that's more like the first Star Wars, right? Episode four. Yeah. Episode four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like her um, with Anakin Skywalker outside. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So. Uh, uh, okay. So we do this. What are we talking about today? This is another one of your topics, right? We always got to talk about what I, you want. I guess, but the thing is, here, you, you you're a biology about, teacher, boss? right? You're the biology teacher, right? And and you did BSc in your college and stuff. So, and I'm a I'm a big math nerd. I I might want to pursue some sort of math related field like physics because I'm also a big physics nerd. So I just wanted to ask the philosophical question: Is math weird? <laughs> 
that's a philosophical question. I, I believe that's a, yeah, a, uh, it's taught by an adjunct professor at, uh, in MIT, right? Uh, uh, but let's see, um, a survey. What question. are your views uh, of math? Like, how do you look at math? Well, it's definitely weird, but it's also, it seems t time and time again, math seems to like it defend itself, like for existing, for, for us playing with it, I should say. Um, I mean, I guess I mean, if math didn't exist, like the binary system, uh, we wouldn't be recording this podcast right now. That's very true. And we wouldn't know how old the earth is. We wouldn't know how old the universe is. I mean, thing, would we is, have like, a... We wouldn't be able, like, general relativity. Like, okay, so Einstein, like, what, 1915, he goes and... I think he 1905. This, like, Wait, when was Einstein's miracle year? I should know this. There's 1905 is special relativity, but I'm talking about general relativity. Special relativity right. is also really cool, but special relativity gets a lot of, like, oh, well, he didn't include momentum. But whatever. <laughs> but we, uh, you know, in 19, well, it's, 19, guys, it's called special later, for some reason. <laughs> it's under special conditions about going real fast. Mm -hmm. the, the, w with all its faults, the, that first one, the special relativity in 1905, that was, uh, you know, that mathematically sh like uh, played with the universe that, you know, the speed of light is constant, right? So, mm -hmm. General relativity, though, 10 years later, really starts to get into the gets into the, the mud about like, you know, what is gravity and how does that work? And mm -hmm. he came up with these equations. And then four years later, they were able to show that this we have like observable like. So I, get, I believe on, I, I forget the name of the experiment, but how it was proved was during a solar eclipse. That's uh, correct, right? According uh, to Sir our prediction. Eddington. Yeah, Eddington, yeah. And yep. they had to go to this island, right, and off the coast of Africa mm -hmm. where the solar eclipse was happening, and they could see a beam of light that was supposedly behind the sun actually go around the sun. Yes. Right? It, like, it went through the, the curvature of, of time and space. Like Yes. Space-time, right? Which is such a cool idea. It? And it's so it curved light. You can't screw with light. Mm -hmm. Like the speed, it was still there, but you can you can move it based on the, the, the fabric of space time, which is, a, you know, Einstein imagined that, wrote an equation about that. You know, mm -hmm. you can't just say it because then, then you are just talking philosophy. When, uh -huh. math, when math becomes weird or actually becomes i guess another word would be useful is when you can predict or use the mathematical logic to predict natural phenomenon in in the physical world and that uh, there's that's a that's a you know textbook example of the weirdness that like i don't know of uh math like it's like some kind of uh, soothsayer, like a mm -hmm. fortune teller, you know? Um, 
And that's what's weird. That's what is weird about math is that it can do those things where like, oh, the numbers work out. Let's see if it – but like nature likes to follow the numbers. It's really strange. The thing is though, like we, we say that very comfortably, right? Nature likes to follow numbers. But have, have we ever considered the fact that maybe math was created in a way as a language to be able to speak, I guess, the most rationally? And therefore and, not weird? And no, no, no. I mean, weirdness is just like public perception, I guess. Like if, if something is very out of the norm, it would be weird no matter if it makes sense or not. However, uh, what, I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like y- you said that nature likes to follow the numbers, you know, it likes to follow the maths. And I guess like before I get into the philosophical aspect of it, I could provide a counterexample, despite me being in full full uh, support of that. It's like if you look at the more recent scientific phenomena, quantum physics and quantum physics is all about unpredictability. And quantum physics basically shows us that nature is really not certain about anything. It, it works in waves of probability and it it, desi- it decides things on the fly, basically. And what I want to get out of here, what, what I want to get at from this example is like, when we say comfortably that nature follows the patterns, it follows the language of the numbers, have we ever considered the fact that maybe maths was created? Because maths was created, you know, it, it, it wasn't a thing that humans were born with. Maths was a language which was created different across different parts of the world in its developing stages. And it was created in a way which maybe was a more rational and objective way of thought in comparison to English. What do you think? You think that, uh, once again, you're saying that across, you, you, okay, you're making a comparison between language and mathematics. Right. Yes. So, and you're in your. What is your? Give me your thesis again. I'm sorry. My thesis is that assuming that nature follows the patterns of math is is comparable to saying that English follows the language patterns of humans. And uh, I don't know if that's the right analogy, but what I want to get at with my thesis is math was a creation. It was a human creation which would de- which was developed all across the world during certain times, and that maybe math was created for the purpose of taking out the subjectivity that normal speech has, that normal language has. You know, it brings in the objective sense of the world, and maybe that's the reason why it the universe doesn't really speak the language of math, but math is a language which can capture the essence of the universe. Mm. Well, that's pretty deep. All I, I know for, for certain that when we have an idea in our head, we have mm-hmm. to, in order to make it real, it, unless you're on LSD or something like that, it's, <laughs> you are going to have to put it into some kind of language, right? So, yes. and, and so if you think of your mind as a universe or some kind of reality, then yeah. like the language becomes essential to what that reality is. Like if there's not a word for it, what you're thinking about, then you can't, you can't fully conceptualize it. 
right? So it's like a two-way street. Like uh, ideas can't come without language, and language couldn't have come without the the ideas, right? So wait, wait, wait. But now, that doesn't that drive about math anymore? <laughs> but math. And so here's the thing. So like, like because of that, we got these different languages, and so they have these different cultural influences they influence culture and also culture influences it but you're not with math you know a one is a one is a one is a one right uh -huh. it's like we we've all agreed on this you know to the point where you know we think that possibly we could use math to communicate with things living things outside of our planet and which is kind of funny like it's all the thing about math though it's all about the number system which is like a base 10 number system unless you talk about logarithms but like you you are you know you're assuming that people can, can communicate and understand you know well binary is, is a what it's a base one system right it's basically uh zero mm -hmm. and ones but like uh you know you're you're dealing with um so I guess you could say like that that confines you just like a culture would with language, right? So if you want to, if you're trying to communicate something in a binary language, it uh, I'm it has a different kind of impact on what you're able to do or what's more easy to carry out than say, uh, you know, dealing with a base ten system and you're trying to deal with a, you know, quadratics. And then if you think about logarithmic, like where we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're dealing with exponents and stuff, powers of 10, like uh, with like sound or whatever, it makes more sense it, the, to use that language, right? So even within math, there are different languages, right? Is what, is what I'm getting at. And uh, what do you think? Is that, is that, am I? Well, am I, I was ridiculous? just, no, 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 it's not, it's not ridiculous. I think you make a valid point, however, I feel like the different bases in mathematics, like if you would want to translate a base 10 logarithm into a base E logarithm, that's, that's not, per, there is an algorithm to do that. So I guess like when people say that mathematics is probably the only common tongue, which us and like some super intelligent or just uh, decent, uh, Wait, I don't want to be critical of aliens, but uh, however intelligent they are, will have in common. It's it's the it's the language of numbers. However, their numbers will be different. They possibly maybe had like twelve fingers, so they they use a base right. twelve number system. But mm -hmm. there, we could easily translate that into our own system. And like for example, talking binary, right? Binary is a very efficient way of running computers. So if they have computers, chances are they also translate their base 12 patterns into base one. So we can get those patterns and decode them. And then we have like a common sort of place to communicate. And it's, it's, it's an interesting point that, you know, like a language like English or Chinese or Hindi, you, you probably won't be able to teach very easily to aliens. However, a language like mathematics, they probably have their own way of interpreting it. Right. But they have to translate it still. Like it's like there's a Google translate for math. 
Where uh-huh. it's like, oh, yeah, like you said, they have uh, 12 fingers, so they have, they're like, we got to uh, modify the way we talk through math to accommodate. I mean, like, the equations won't work. The Like, I always think of, like, mm-hmm. um, operators, like, uh, plus, minus, times, divide. Those things are like verbs, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the verbs won't work if you don't use the same base system, right? They're, right. You'll not... So, um, yeah, anyway, wait, uh, sorry, maybe, uh, the maybe, binary maybe. system, wait, I'm just giving a correction. The binary system is base two. I don't know how we didn't think of that. It's zero and one. Sorry. Uh, no, it's my fault. I'm the one who brought it up. So yeah, base, yeah. Base two numeral system. Yeah. It makes sense. You couldn't even have, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think you can have. Do you a base have a one. base one number system? I don't think so. <laughs> um, yep. What were you getting at? Okay. So um, yeah, that would just be tallying. Um, let's see. Okay. So um, like you just do like check, 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 check to do 300. You'd have 300 checks. Basically that would be a base one. You Mm -hmm. could. Right. Um, Okay. So um, let's see. So mathematics is weird. So we were talking about uh, this, like uh, you, you, you think this is a limitation. This is the quantum mechanics it's like a, a mathematical limitation. Is, well, is, the uh, thing is, though, like we to... still we still have mathematical approximations. Like we we can calculate the probability of, let's say, an electron to be in a certain position, but we can never right. know for certain until we shine some photons on it or use another way of measurement. However, that brings an uncertainty, and that uncertainty is Heisenberg's uncertainty principle. So we right. basically, we can't we can know, know for sure. Or momentum. We can know one or the other. We can't know both. The thing is, you can know one of the other, and that's only to a certain degree of accuracy, too. Like, you can't know exactly either of them. And so, does that make math weird, or does that make the universe weird is the question i think it i mean the math is trying to be trying to contain the universe to a a certain degree that the universe won't allow right so we we have to use things like probability well the thing is though right that's like that's going down the rabbit hole of paradoxes because what we think is most real is nature and if we're saying nature is weird then isn't everything weird (laughs) well i agree i would say so um, and that's what math tries to do. That's what science attempts to do. And math is to try to take the weird and make it explainable to, you know, give it, you know, subject for predicate, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's, uh, it tries to do that. But like you said, sometimes it, as of right now and the uncertainty principle, you know, is, uh, we're, you know, that is the best that could be done at that time in the early 20th century. So it's like um, there may be a time But we, we haven't seemed to improve on it, though. Like if you're saying that's the best which could be done at that time, we're living in 2021. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything better, do we? 
Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's almost been a hundred years, right? So it's like, uh, but we do know there are a lot more forces and things, you know, subatomic particles that are there. Um, mm -hmm. The the yeah, <laughs> it's just like uh, you know, okay, so general relativity, all that stuff, the early 20th century stuff that can be proven is not, it's just still not universal, right? So they're trying to like, it, there's this uh, problem. There's just gaps is what I say. It's like we're missing, yeah. we're missing certain words um, in the mathematical language. And so, you know, I have faith that we'll get there. It's the thing is, uh, there's one other bit. Sorry, Go ahead. sorry, I'm very sorry. No, I was just saying, we have to wait for technology to catch up with what we're trying to find, right? So it's like, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the best we could do, you know, uh, five, 450 years ago was, you know, Newton's, like, you know, it's Newton, right? Like, so, and Galileo, and, you know, mm -hmm. they took good observations and they had equations that were proven to be to predict to accuracy to a certain level, but only within a very small, like, orb of understanding, like, you know, only with on, on Earth, really. And also, well, Newton was able to, do, to predict planetary motion as well. So, but, you know, you can't, uh, you can't deny the notion that if they were able to be have, have access to what we have now that they may be able to you know come up with something better than what heisenberg did right and even heisenberg mm -hmm. he, you know poor guy he, that was all theoretical right that was a that was not a, a observational thing so i mean uh, they did do experiments and that's where it all stemmed so like for example like there was the ultraviolet catastrophe Right, right. So the ultraviolet catastrophe was the fact that if we used, uh, if we assume that, I mean, that's not an assumption. So basically, when electrons get excited, and when they want to return back to their their normal state, they release energy, and right. that energy is in the form of photon. So when you basically heat anything up, and if it's a perfect black body. Uh, so a black body is something which absorbs all light. So it doesn't reflect anything. Right. So basically a perfect black body, they were trying to figure out what the radiation pattern for that perfect black body would be. Now, if you assumed that uh, light and energy could be emitted in infinitely accurate ways, so like you could divide energy into infinitely small packets, they were getting a weird exponential function. So like, which was yeah, basically saying if the, yeah. So like if the temperature rose above something, they would have infinite energy coming out of it, which is not true. So basically what Max Planck did was, was that he added a Planck constant. So that energy could only be, the energy release could only be a multiple of that constant. And that's where like the whole process of quantum physics came in, like energy travels as packets and, Photons are like basically the the force carriers of quantum physics. And I, I love the idea of like constants. Like I think that's amazing. It's like it's it's this thing that we use to make equations work, formulas work. But like, what is it? What is like you know? 
the same thing with like the like gravitational constant. Uh, yeah. You know what? What is it? Oh, it's just wait, something wait, we wait, use. Wait, wait, I have a. It's just something I that have, we use to make the equation work, and it, and it follows. If we use that, then the prediction works, right? The thing and is, wait, is, this is brilliant. I just I just brushed upon a point. So basically, the whole point of the ultraviolet catastrophe was that if energy could be divided into infinite bits, then it would uh, a certain temperature of object would release infinite energy. Right. And that's that's the point, right? Max Planck used a mathematical technique to solve a physical phenomena. He was like, okay, if you can't infinitely divide it, let's try to put it into some sort of multiples of a number, which he called the Planck constant. And right. That goes on to show that uh, it's, it's like that goes on to show that maths may very much be a very real thing, you know, like the the whole black body radiation spectrum emerged because Max Planck got tired of theorizing and basically trying out different scenarios and just was like, you know what, let's put a constant in there and let's see if a certain multiple of energy makes this relationship work. Right, right, right. Yeah, isn't that but fascinating? What it, it's what's it is fascinating, but and and that's what makes math weird is because there the constant that's where the unknown lives, right? That's what that's where all the things we don't understand through our own understanding mm-hmm. it should it should you know there should be this exponential curve going on up 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 up, but no, that's not what's happening. This constant, yeah. you know. We're going to make this the formula's god. This is the god here, the unknown, the uh, the thing that makes it all work. But it, we put that in there, and it, and it follows a predictable, you know, outcome that we can depend on, and which you know is uh, imitates nature. Now, but what what is that? I mean, is there like a constant? So, like, do con? There's no constants out there in the universe. I mean, we have temperature and we have, you know, you can measure momentum. You can't really, like, it's like, you don't measure a constant. It's just, that's what it is, right? So that, that essence of what that thing is, is, is this, is the math. There's like the math in the universe. And mm-hmm. yep. uh, it's just, it's like, but that's what, that's what makes it weird. If I would say, if anything, I never understood that when even like when I was teaching it or if I was studying it, it's like, what is the constant? What this is this big ass number that makes everything work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some it's always or a very, very small number. Um but it would uh why where what is that? So wait, so like just to answer that to a certain degree, like I feel like there are two different types of constants, right? And there, there's the one that's like beyond understanding, you know, like the speed of light, like that is a universal constant. Like there is some reason as to why but that's things measurable. aren't. You can measure that. Like that's, I mean, we yeah. can go, we can go back and we can, if, if we have a big enough telescope, we can look at light that was from, you know, 50, billions of years ago, 10 yep. billion years and, ago. And so like. Yeah, so that I mean that's a constant, but that's also a measurable thing that we can use. A constant, we can't measure a constant. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you mean like for example, capital G, like the gravitational constant, right? 
Right, right. Or, yeah, big G or, or Planck's constant, right? Yeah, all that stuff. Right, but the thing is, uh, I feel like that's like, the, that's the matsy part of it. Because, you know, those guys went and defined a proportionality relationship. Like, Newton said that the a force, the gravitational force must be proportional to the product of the two masses divided by the radius squared because of the inverse square law. And then... Uh, th there was some calculation error. However, some guy then calculated a bunch of things and he was like, he, uh, he calculated capital G to make the sort of proportionality relationship into like an equal to relationship, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. But I feel like the more cooler thing is is like the speed of light. Like you say you can measure it, right? You can measure the speed of light. But there, like we can't uncover the reason why it exists. Like for capital G or, or, or uh, capital G or like, I don't know, what's another constant that's like capital G? Like uh, Avogadro's constant. That's, that's like, pure yeah, math, right? Like, yeah, uh, like Avogadro's constant. No, but yeah. even Avogadro's constant, they like measured the amount of uh, molecules and stuff. Right, right, right. Um, acceleration due to gravity. Well, I mean, I, I mean, on Earth, you could say. Um, let's see. What was the? There's something in. We can. We don't have to just talk about physics and biology. Um, uh, population dynamics. What was? There's a concept there. Let's see. What is it? I mean, we don't have to talk about constant per se, either. <laughs> well, I was thinking. Yeah, like I. I heard you say a little bit about populations and. I'm pretty sure, um, I think there was a Veritasium video about uh, this relationship defined by a mathematician, which which accurately sort of factors in the birth and death rates of different individuals. And it's it sort of has this reproductivity constant and that you can use that to predict the population of a place in, uh, in however long you want. And that's very cool. It's very fascinating that you can translate things like death and death rates and birth and birth rates into relationships, which then you can use to predict like how many people will die in a certain given time, how many people will be born in a certain given time, how many people will live a certain duration, and what are the chances that the population will grow by this much. And it's just... It's sort of the more you look at it, the more math seems to prove itself as a very real thing. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so uh, what is the uh, what's the takeaway here? I think it is weird, <laughs> even if we don't uh, talk about constants, right? It's a it's a weird thing to see someone someone's mind comes up with a mathematical sentence that describes how the universe works before actually seeing it work. That I mean, that mm. just blows my mind. 
Um, that. I mean, I guess like before we get on to conclusions, like what what is real, right? Like like us defining math as real or weird really depends on what we consider to be real in a sense. Well, a math is obviously a representation of what could be real. Um, math cannot stand alone. Like if you, 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 you can't. Needs our mind, or it needs the universe to uh, mirror it, but it can't just be there. I don't. I don't believe so. It's just like a, you can't. You, you know, one, one what? One sock. One apple. One podcast. Right? It's like a. Mm-hmm. You, it, it's only. It's an adjective. Right. So. Um, one is not a noun. But, but the thing is, right, like, so it, it's, it I not, think it, that... Just like blue, like, is, is something is blue, but there is not just blue. Like, welcome to blue. You understand? <laughs> it's an adjective. Yeah, I, I totally understand. And I think that raises another interesting point that I can probably use to favor mathematics in this sense. Like, in maths units work the same way as variables and that's that's surprising like you can't use english to say blue apples and red apples and then deduce a relationship between them but in maths you can use units and treat them like variables like speed is distance over time so time is distance over speed do you know what i'm saying well, speed, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, distance over time. I mean, so speed is just like a mini formula, right? It's just a really simple one. It's a it's uh-huh. a, a division, right? So, yep. uh, so it's um, yeah. So, but you can't do that with apples. You say you can't divide blue blue <laughs> blue apples divided by red apples equals. It, it can't give you it can't give you a relationship and that's like yeah that's a thing right like I, I my point is that in maths like you say math doesn't mean anything alone but I like that's when you just look at numbers but you can do math on units right but units represent something that that gives meaning to numbers in fact, yeah, that's but the one, doesn't that's that the mean one that non-math part of math is the units? The units is. I a, mean, is it non-math though? A, like, like when you do calculations, you always divide and multiply units with the numbers. Meters, seconds. Yeah. Those yeah. Are things, right? So, like, but then you can use math to make a meters per seconds, meters per unit seconds. Right, right. But if it was just. If it, there was not the units, like you said, it, would there be, would there be any meaning to it? You need the units, which are words, and give like, oh, we're talking about six, six of these things called meters, and it happened mm-hmm. over three seconds, three of these seconds. So, oh, the speed is two, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. and meters per second. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost it's almost re- redundant. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's not really almost redu- redundant. It's uh, it's pretty redundant. But then what? But then, like, I guess, 
like if there's any any mathematicians listening to pick these up in the future then what do you say about pure mathematicians like when they when they solve questions about just numbers you know like how many like like the prime number conjecture or like trying to figure out if there's a pattern between the primes because primes are like the building blocks of all the numbers right uh what do i think about them uh-huh i don't know i think they're trying to unlock some kind of secret like uh <laughs> syntax or something like oh here's a grammar rule we haven't learned yet that we need to use or we could use not that we need to but that could be useful uh you know and they're literally just like linguists like uh you know no people like at uh marion webster you know are trying to you know what are words and which words <laughs> do we use and and so it's like uh i mean i think it's it's valuable i don't think what they're doing what they're trying to do is they're taking something that doesn't exist and 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 make uh you know find something in there some truth some reality and mm -hmm. you know and i think that's that something that will i'm sorry it's something that would mirror or um some kind of, that that will uh replicate some kind of natural phenomenon so they find and natural phenomenon is based on patterns the reason why even though there's like entropy and there's there's the the uh a lot of paradox um and uncertainty there's mm -hmm. for the most there's a lot of the world that is predictable and functional and um mm -hmm. so in hopes of finding that which is pretty pretty uh i don't know you're, you're kind of cocky if you're like i'm gonna find something here within these numbers that no one else has thought of yet but uh for just the sake of doing it like without like a like you know, some people are like theoretical mathematicians are literally going off into the, the landscape of numbers, trying to find something they think yep. no one else has found. And then there's people who are like, oh, look, see something in nature and say, how can we explain this with the numbers, with the mathematics or, you know, so. Um, I guess that's I the difference between a physicist, a theoretical physicist and a mathematician right there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Let's see. I think that's the best I can do on this on this conversation. And I think now, I have a, we, we I have a, I, you have more to talk about. Come on, bring it, bring it, brother. Okay, so I, I'm just gonna give you a very faulty argument. Like philosophically speaking, this argument is absolutely dog shit. Or shit. But okay. I'm gonna give it to you just like to just even for the viewers to get them thinking, right? Viewers. So, what are you? What, this is no one's watching this. I mean, listeners. Is that a better go. terminology? There, yep. Yeah, listeners. Yeah, I was viewing this. Okay. Sorry. Go uh, ahead. So, like, what do you say? Anything real is made up of smaller things which are real. Sure. Let's say yes. Yeah, that let's is true. Assume. As of right now, we have we cannot find the uh, 
there's no certainty that what we've found is the smallest is the smallest, right? Time and time right? again, we've so, been able to find smaller things. Okay. So, right. The thing is, my problem is that if people, like there's 7.5 billion people on the earth, not even 1% of those people are theoretical physicists. If all of those people can believe that, you know, they're like atoms are the smaller thing, smallest things and they have no problem with it. Well, when math comes in and it says, you know, this is, this is a real world of numbers and these numbers are built on prime numbers, right? Any number, any positive integer you can think of, you can make using a chain of prime numbers, which are indivisible by anything else. So a lot of the times, the question people ask when trying to disprove maths as a real thing is, you know, where do these prime numbers come from? You're, you're sort of using your own proof to support another proof. And, and this, is, this is just like a very shitty counter argument to that, you know, like if people can assume or just ignore the fact that there might be something smaller than atoms, then why do they not take the proof of prime numbers? Well, I mean, you could make a language for it, I guess. I mean, uh, you know, square root of one, all that weird stuff. I, um, I, <laughs> <laughs> just, so I just, what's I the just, question? What's the question, though? What is? What are we my saying? My question. Okay, so what I'm trying to get at is like. Do you really think Numbers that math is... You're saying that math is limited by the fact that... No, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying that people... Are, like, do people... Like, a, a majority of answer when you ask anyone if math is real will be no. Right? And what okay. I'm trying to say is, like, if people can just assume certain things in real life to be true, like, there are similar systems in mathematics which sort of branch out mathematics own existence and why is, is maths not considered real maybe because of like popular opinion like because people don't want to think math is real so you you think people don't think math is real you think that's a that's something we should be thought we should think is true the majority of the populace think math is a man-made fake construct. I mean, man, like, it doesn't have to be fake if it's not real. I mean, yeah, right. it kind of does. That sounds stupid. Uh, but, like, the the real we are talking about is different from the the comparison between real and fake. I guess like the real we are talking about is more about the fact that if it's uh, if it's objective or in a sense I, I that think it exists. It's, just like the, it's like the ABCs, man. So it's like, you know, and there's no such thing as like an A, that, but there is an there's such thing as an asshole and it takes an you have to, <laughs> in order to. No, I totally understand what you're saying. I totally you understand. You need that. an A to make asshole, right? An asshole is a thing, right? So it's the same thing with, like, 
<laughs> one and one asshole. Yeah, one asshole. Yeah, exactly. So you could use, I mean, so again, so numbers are used. I, I'm still in the agreement that like uh, with, I guess, the populace. Like, I don't think math is floating around somewhere. I, I, cause I mean, here's a question, like, was it discovered or was it created? Right. So it's, uh, I, yeah, was, so <laughs> <laughs> there's a what I, episode right there. The thing is, yeah, like what I'm saying is it, it really depends on what you consider to be real, right? Like the real we are currently discussing is as philosophers call it empiricism Mm -hmm. like things you can touch you can feel you can sense and you can measure that that is the thing which constitutes reality right and then like the opposing school of thought in this sense is rationalism rationalism is the belief that um the purest, the most real is your thought and yeah, or spiritualism, right? I mean, didn't people used yeah. to like, uh, like have reverence for math, you know, and people still do. It's like, it could be considered kind of a, a, a spiritualistic approach to the universe. Right. Um, if that's what we're getting at, cause you, you talked about empiricism. I was like, well, if it's not empirical, then it must be, with otherworldly or spiritual? I mean, what would be the the uh, metaphysical, rash, yeah, like pure, right. pure rational, like purely rationalist, rationalist? Like this, Are you? Uh, do you do you pray or meditate, Ruhan? Uh, I, or do you I, believe in some in, in that which we cannot measure and touch and see? I honestly, I'm going to be honest. Like considering, like. I am, like, my parents are Hindu, I'm Hindu, so, like, I do pray on festivals and everything, but, you know, like, as as I really got interested in science, it's sort of like the thing, right, they are myths and everything, so I honestly am not sure, I'm in a very unsure state, am I, am I, am I very religious? I, I do pray, I do pray, but that doesn't mean... I necessarily 100% believe. All right. Right. It's kind of like, uh, yeah, you know, I could do calculus, but, you know, if they make me, <laughs> I don't do it on no, my no. own time. No, I, I, I sometimes <laughs> do. Like, it's, like, like, uh, it's like math is the, the midi-chlorians in the Star Wars saga. It's like the, uh, <laughs> like the spiritual part of science. Right, because it's like this thing that we can't touch, see, or you can't hold math, but you can use it to understand uh, the, what's actually happening. So, like in Star Wars, there's all this. I can't believe I'm going back to Star Wars, but it's like uh, you know, all this technology. <laughs> like you could you could talk about Death religion, stars. You... Death Stars, Star Star Destroyers. You know, they have these hover hovercrafts and you know R two D two like R two units that can you know do unlock any door. But then there's like, but the under the undertow is like this force, right? The which is like uh, that's in all of us, and it. it you know, so it's like the math is like the uh, kind of like the force of 
inside. <laughs> that's so lame, but that's where I'm going. <laughs> that's where I'm going. Uh, but yeah, it's, and you know, as far because okay, so some people who don't give a, a don't give a shit about math at all, right? There's people uh-huh. who, and they're they're totally fine. They go off and do they 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 become history majors, you know, or whatever, <laughs> the, uh, and um, or and write books and stuff. But like, uh, uh, you know. There is a certain you're buying into something like you're 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 having uh-huh. you're putting your faith into something that you can't touch to help explain what's going on around you. If you are, you know, everything from like the like, you know, a, an engineer is like a deacon, a low level, like, you know, churchgoer. And then you got the, uh, you know, the mathematician is like, a you know, a pastor. Mm-hmm. And then, the, the, you know, the, the, the cardinal is like a physicist or something like that. Like they're all yeah. buying into this like way of life where they're, they're they think they can understand the universe which is what we I do love how you, i love how you started with engineer as like the low level church goer just... <laughs> no offense oh. to engineers my cousin's an engineer they're great my but they, dad's no, an they're engineer. great they're, they're, but they're not they're not they're not making math they're not they're, they are like no. they are they're using, they're using math, it right they're yeah, using so it they're, to its fullest potential Right, right, but they're you know they're applying it, right? So that's uh-huh. why I put them lower than the mathematician or the physicist. Sorry, engineers, yeah. we just lost we lost <laughs> half our viewers. Like our viewers, <laughs> I said viewers. Now we lost half our listeners. Just shut off. They're like, I'm an engineer. <laughs> you next time yeah. you go over a bridge, you just wait. If there was an engineer, that thing, you thank me. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. Sorry. No, engineers are great. I'm just saying they're not. They're yeah. not. They're not a spiritual like they're not the spirit. They're not math, mathematical shamans, like the no, the, definitely. You know, like the, yeah, they're just they're they're they're, do, they're making it they're making it come to life, but they're not creating it. If that makes sense, making it come to life. Yeah. So wait, it, whatever. Like before we end up the episode, because like I feel like. This is a very open-ended question. It's not something uh, like it's something people have been trying to answer for millennia. Uh-huh. It's a very philosophical, deep question. Is math weird? Oh, I. <laughs> but the thing is, um, th- there's this interesting, uh, there's this interesting, uh, like logical uh, discovery. I would say, so, logical discovery by Google. I, I think that's how you pronounce his name, uh-huh. Kurt Gudel, like K-U-R-T-G-O with an accent, D-L. And he's a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a mathematical logician. And basically, I think in like the, the early 20th and like all throughout 20th century, th- there were like two schools of thought in mathematical logic. And like one, as you said, were like the people that say math was discovered and the other ones were like people that say math was created. And the people that believe that math was discovered had like more commonly had a belief that like math is sort of this barrel of language with no holes, you know, like math has no logical holes, but like Kurt Gudel, Gudel, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, but the thing is, I, I recommend going uh, to anyone who's listening and Mr. Davis. There's a very good Veritasium video about it about uh, Gödel's and incompleteness uh, theorem. Right, and uh, right, right. basically he proved 
that any sufficient like any some sufficient logical system any sufficient logical system which is like a language which can be based on logic no it's i i, can, I know this i know this is like within the system you you cannot you can't verify a system while you're inside of it you have to be yeah you can't like a system can't prove its consistency if it's sufficient enough like it's like very weird saying that if you can make a system that can prove its consistency that system is probably not consistent <laughs> but yeah it's it's just one of those interesting logical well, yeah, philosophical it's, it's, it's basically an expanse of like cyclical thinking right if you're proving it's true it's because you're just going around in circles basically right is that yep. what, kind of what it means and so i don't uh, think so like it was he used a very clever technique to prove it it's very complicated i'll probably have to rewatch the video again maybe read up on it but that's another thing so you could it's not just about proving uh, that it's also disproving right i mean it's like what, if you're if you're trying you have a system where you're trying to disprove something or it the mere fact of you doing that shows that the that the system is incomplete right basically because you you are locked in a again i'm going to use like the kind of a i'm trying to simplify it as much as possible but like you're in a circle you're kind of uh, uh-huh. but let um and uh so yeah it can go both ways but I will. I love uh, that link. You, you should you know put that on our feed. You know, yeah, and I have other people because I, I would love Veritasium. I haven't watched that in a long time because I became a drama teacher. Veritasium. Veritasium. I, I do know it and I love it. Actually, it's very very mm-hmm. useful. Yeah, Veritasium. That's right. Derek Mueller. Yep. Uh, Mueller um so uh yeah okay so we are um where are we at we're saying that there's we're, we're screwed basically this topic we shouldn't have done it we wasted everyone's time <laughs> i i don't think so i think it's a it's an interesting philosophical question well Junior, uh, by the way viewers Junior, hey if you're listening you dodged a bullet this is this is unanswerable <laughs> Good, good job, I mean, man. He, I wouldn't. He I mean, the thing is, like, hey, man, I can't do it today. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, though, you you can't really say it's unanswerable because there's no way to prove that uh, it's answerable or disprove oh. that it's answerable. But uh, okay, fuck you. fuck you. This is this is my that's my ending <laughs> statement. <laughs> yep. Thank you, you very much yourself. for listening. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I got a family, oh. damn it, Ruan. I got a wife <laughs> and two kids. Oh, no. All right, I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. <laughs> and uh, uh, I don't know what to say. Do you think you math say- is real? <laughs> <laughs> Contact us on our any one of our many feeds. Uh, what are they again? We are available. We are available on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, YouTube, Stitcher, and WeChat. Anchor. 
<laughs> no, we're not available on WeChat. No, no, no. Well, you don't can message leave. me personally because, you know, whoever's listening might only know me. Imagine. No, no, no. Imagine we get famous one day and you get like 10,000 friend requests. I, I'll just say uh, decline. <laughs> 10,000 of them. Okay, guys, let's do, the, let's do the outro properly this time. Everybody who's listening, thank you very much for listening. Please leave a comment down below. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. All of the on all the platforms as pick these up. Thank you very much. Keep sharing and keep wondering and picking the topics up. Peace out and fuck you, Ruhan. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye.